Good evening, dear listener. Welcome to By the Ghost Light. My name is Ryan, and I have prepared a statement. My name is Cassie, and I don't know what's about to happen, but when do I ever in the cold open? A few episodes ago, we were talking about watching shows multiple times, and I uh, made some bold claims about how that didn't make any sense to me, and you would always go want to watch the new show. Like, why wouldn't you go see something new? Do why tell, would you Ryan. go see the same show over and over and over? Uh, I understand this now. What changed your mind? So I am planning my Broadway trip for the year. And I have a few shows that I for sure know that I wanted to see. And then as I was trying to figure out, you know, could I squeeze one more in there maybe? And I was going through the list of all of these, you know, new shows and things I hadn't seen and everything. I just, I just really want to see Anne Juliet again. I was hoping that would be the one. Or honestly, or Moulin Rouge. That too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good too. So that's where I'm at. And I'm now questioning everything I thought I knew about myself and about theater. And it's okay because Anne Juliet's real good. Questioning everything you think you know about yourself is, is good to do every once in a while. It's how we grow. Yes. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm not sure if I'm going to go see Anne Juliet again. I really might. It's possible. But you thought about doing it, and really that's a good enough step. I have had uh, a list in front of me that I've been you know, adding shows to and crossing off and trying to figure out how I can make it all work. Thankfully, a lot of shows the week after Christmas, this week between Christmas and New Year's, add matinees. So there's more chances to see multiple shows. That makes sense. I can go for three days and see six shows, five shows, Mm -hmm. and then just find the cheapest possible tickets. And it kind of all works out. Well, I'm very excited to hear what you land on. I desperately need Gutenberg to be one of them. Gutenberg is at the top of my list. 100%. There are three for sures on my list, and they are Gutenberg, All the Devils Are Here, Mm -hmm. and Sweeney Todd. Yeah, those would be the three at the top of my list right now. Because Josh and Annalie are still in it. Yes. Although... You're missing Gaten. I, I will miss Gaten and I will miss Jordan Fisher. Yes. But if I really wanted to see Jordan Fisher, I could go see Hades Town. You could go Town, see Town. Which I have not seen. Okay. So this would be a good reason to go see it. I don't know. I got some stuff I got to figure out. Because then there's also Merrily We Roll Along. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is Harmony with Julie Banco. There is How to Dance in Ohio. There is Corn Show. There's just a whole bunch. There's all of these shows that are crowding the field for Best Musical this year. Which is why I'm seeing Gutenberg, because they're going to win. But Gutenberg's not going to win Best Musical, because Gutenberg... What do you mean, Cassie? Well, what a great segue setup. The Tony committee ruled this week on some eligibility questions. Not to get too in the nitty gritty of it, but sometimes when a musical comes to Broadway, there is a question about whether or not it's going to be classified as a new musical or as a revival, even if it's never played on Broadway before. If the mm-hmm. show has existed and been put on in many different regional theaters, there are some standout different productions of it. Even if it's never made to Broadway, it can be ruled as a revival because it's falling into what's called the classics rule. 
An example is uh, Children of Eden, which never played on Broadway. And if it were ever to be mounted on Broadway, it would not be classified as a new musical because it's been around for years and it's been played all over the country. So it would be a revival, technically. Yes, it would be. Um, And oftentimes these shows have had an Mm off-Broadway run and did not make the jump to Broadway at that time or have played um, the West End and maybe won some awards there and then time has passed and it's had their regional shows and then is only now being staged on Broadway. And it's usually a, it is a new production. It is not, hey, we've done it this way, you know, for years and now it's finally jumping over to Broadway. So they are calling Gutenberg a revival. Yes, because my understanding is that this show first made the rounds conceptually in like 2015, but never made the jump Mm -hmm. to Broadway and has had regional productions since then. And so now they're coming to Broadway on the flip side of that. Here lies love is being classified as a new musical because while it has had the same kind of journey in a lot of ways, it's been the same production for the Mm -hmm. most part throughout. And so it's really just being looked as like, a very drawn out workshopping process on the journey to Broadway. Yeah. It's, it's really weird sometimes to hear the rationale for some things and what makes this cut and what doesn't make this cut and how it's all said and done. Um, I think another good example is merrily we roll along. Obviously it's a revival because it's a Sondheim show, but they've been uh, tasked with categorizing which categories the, actors fall in mm-hmm. which is suggested by the production so the the producers for merrily we roll along or any show really they submit the show and their performers and their um designers and such for uh tony award consideration for nomination consideration and the producers have to make the call at that time of whether or not um you know they have two leading men or one is a lead and one is supporting or whether the leading woman is actually a supporting role and there is no leading woman or things like that. That has to be signed off on by the uh, Tony Eligibility Committee. And then we get some fun headlines like Tony Awards Eligibility Determined for Merrily We Roll Along. It's like, that's a headline, sure, but we already know they're eligible. We're just going to find out what categories they're eligible for. Mm-hmm. In the case of Merrily We Roll Along, Daniel Radcliffe and Lindsay Mendez will be considered eligible as featured role in a musical not leading not leading role i assume leading role is jonathan groff yes but yeah that's an interesting like uh, breakdown when you have like a leading trio i think it's probably smart to break up uh groff sauce and d-rad yes for sure because then they could you know in theory both win yeah and i think that gutenberg's gonna have a much better chance as a revival, just because this this new musical category is so stacked. Oh, for sure, this without season. question. And the revival category is not right. Yeah, between it's Gutenberg and Merrily We Roll Along and Spam a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that it? I'm not even sure. We've got we've got a couple months still before yeah. we figure it all out. But we haven't barely even talked about Back to the Future. But that seems like. How does that not win Best New Musical? And I don't really even care about it. I learned something this week that's Back to the Future related. Do tell. And maybe other people already knew this, but I was unaware of it. I did not know that Roger Bart, 
who's playing Doc Brown, mm-hmm. was the original singing voice of Hercules in the Disney Hercules movie. That sounds familiar. It rings a bell. Yeah. But that's still pretty cool. That's quite the journey from Hercules to Doc Brown. From Hercules to Doc Brown. Maybe they could make a biomusical about that arc. They make a biomusical about anything, so. Never appeared on stage, only ever a singing voice in a Disney animated film. And then finally, finally, 30 years later, 35 years later, how old's Hercules? I don't even know. Oh, late 90s. The Tony Awards, uh, the nominations will be announced on April 30th, and they will be broadcast from Lincoln Center on June 16th. There has been some casting news going around the Broadway world. It was very strange. There was a weird post on Playbill. And then it got removed. And then Playbill updated their terms and conditions. Yeah. The Broadway content creators that I've been following have just been having a heyday with this absolutely unhinged casting call for a role in a musical called Undead Valley, which is about zombies, I think. I I have to assume. And it was just, um, just wild. So TikTok might be the best thing to have happened to Broadway in a long time. They should make better use of it, but yes. Yeah, depending on the show. So I, I will forever sing the praises of Anne Juliet, but Anne Juliet's got a heck of a social team, and they really lean into having all of their leads post and be on the socials and um, be very visible. So you get something like Betsy Wolf, who plays Hannah Hathaway in Anne Juliet, posts a whole TikTok of her um, auditioning, quote unquote, for this casting notice and trying to get a hold of the producers and asking if being a, a Tony nominee makes her worthy enough to read the script. Yeah, because there's a bit in the casting call about if you're a Tony winner, you can request to read the script. But if you're not, don't waste their time. It's just crazy. I don't understand how this happens in this day and age, but also it happens. So the Playbill Jobs Board, so this is posted to Playbill.com a couple days ago afterwards. Um, on November 30th, a listing on Playbill Jobs went viral on social media. It was an audition notice looking for actors for a zombie-themed musical. After several industry professionals expressed concern about the listing, we removed it from our website. Considering how much discussion that colorfully written post launched, it's an understatement. Yeah. I don't think there was lang- I don't think there was language. No. Like, but it was um, not your typical. Uh, language of professionalism we'll say it lacked professionalism uh, i think that's, it a, lacked that's professionalism. a good yeah. way to phrase it we at playbill felt it was important to offer an explanation of how this happened and we have changed some things around but first below are some of our favorite responses to this listing um there's the betsy wolf thing brilliant uh mr j13 um turned the casting call into a song to, to create his own musical Playbill Jobs Board is run by a dedicated team of three who vet everything every day for every listing. We have to confirm a bunch of stuff and they have to agree to terms and conditions and they do all these things. Mistakes sometimes happen, yada, yada, yada. We're increasing scrutiny, all of these things. They talk about, you know, we want it to feel safe. We don't think want anyone to feel like threatened or anything by this, yada, 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 yada. Um, they do make several producers jokes and say never again. So this was weird and Broadway's weird and TikTok. I would not have seen this thing if it wasn't for TikTok. Same. Which is strange, 
but here we are. In slightly more legitimate casting news, because there's no casting news there. There's just a casting call. Uh, yeah. But I think we talked, this would have been a while ago, about uh, New York City Center Encore's run of Once Upon a Mattress that is going to star Sutton Foster playing yep. Princess Winifred. They have now announced the majority of the rest of the casting. Awesome. But notably not Queen Agravain. They must be waiting for someone very specific. Yeah. Queen Agravain has not been announced, but Michael Urie is Prince Dauntless. All right. Nikki Renee Daniels is Lady Larkin. All right. Jay Harrison Gee is the Jester, which I am very excited about. That is going to be very specific. All right. Cheyenne Jackson is Sir Harry, which I'm also quite excited about. There you go. Yeah, that's good. Um, Francis Jew is the Wizard. And David Patrick Kelly is King Sextimus. You know, I don't like this musical, but I want to see what they do. I I have a soft spot for this musical. I do enjoy it. And I'm intrigued about this performance specifically because it is being directed by Lear de Bessonet, who just did Into the Woods revival. Ah, and I, yeah, that is more interesting. I loved the way that she directed the Into the Woods revival. I thought it was incredibly, incredibly well directed. And so I'm intrigued to see how she handles Once Upon a Mattress. I think Sutton Foster is too old, even though it is a very Sutton Foster role. It is. She'd have been great in it 15 years ago. Yeah, I do think she's too old to play it, but I thought Tracy Ullman was too old to play it in the movie that they released several years ago now yeah just a few with uh, zoe deschanel and matthew morrison fun fact sure was yep matthew morrison there's a name indeed so i'm i'm interested in this production i'm intrigued by it and i would love to get a cast recording at the very least i don't know if they'll do that for uh, new york city center's Production, but I can dream. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. I don't know if they will or not, but it has certainly led to other things. And you know, spam a lot transferred, well, and mostly into intact, the woods. So transferred, the woods. so it's yeah. entirely possible we might end up seeing this at some point in the future. But I'm I'm very interested now to see who they end up casting as Agravain alongside these other roles. I don't even know who's available right now. Right. Because you need somebody who can play older than Sutton. Yes. Interesting. What's Audra doing? Ooh. I would love Audra as Agravain. Just get Carol Burnett back to do it again. <laughs> she doesn't have to stand, but she does have to sing. Yes, exactly. I do not have a good uh, transition for this, but I need to talk about a good friend, Andy. Oh, why? Does he have to be in every episode? Yeah, he does. So our good friend Andy is just my segue. He's not the topic of conversation. But remember when our good friend Andy made a very, very, very bad Cinderella show? Yes, I do. And then he closed it on social media and didn't tell the actors and then moved it to New York City and lost even more money? Yes, I do. And it was just like probably the lowest point of his career and there's no way anybody would ever touch Cinderella with a 10-foot pole for like 15 years? Yes, I do. So Laguna Playhouse and Lithgow Family Productions will present a show called A Cinderella Christmas. I know that this isn't good audio. 
but the face palm is real. What? There are so many other fairy tales out there. Laguna Playhouse and Lithgow Family Productions will present A Cinderella Christmas. Written by Chris Lithgow and directed by Bonnie Lithgow, the eighth Lithgow family panto at the Laguna Playhouse. A Christmas, uh, a Cinderella Christmas is based on traditional British panto where audience participation is part of the show. Okay. The show will star Jolie Fisher from Ellen and also Broadway's Cabaret as the Baroness. Veronica Dunn, uh, who did Chicago on Broadway as Cinderella. Jennifer Lee Warren, who's in Little Shops, The Fairy Godmother. Ben Giroux from Big Nada's Buttons. And we'll also feature uh, Patrick Ortiz from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist as the Prince. Uh, and Austin Myers, whose who's most important credit here is that good buddy Austin was in Rogers the Musical at Disney California Adventure. Okay, well, I'm glad he's getting there more work. It gives the rise to riches fairy tale a holiday makeover, and like other Lico Family Panther productions, it modernizes the story with well known pop songs, musical direction by Andy Street. It's a jukebox holiday Cinderella musical. It's still going to be better. Oh, my God. The official bio here says it's a wild, wacky, and interactive holiday event featuring all of your favorite characters. It sets the age-old fairy tale of Cinderella to modern music with a comical twist and incredible magic. Featuring songs like... There's two. There's two. Oh, God. Okay. You ready? Are you braced? No, but hit me. Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Uh, all right. And When You Believe by Whitney. I don't get it. There's already a jukebox musical Cinderella. Yes. It's a bad one. Yep. Still better than our friend Andy's. Oh also, your transition, by the way, was speaking of fairy tale musicals. Speaking of fairy tale musicals, what about fairy tale musicals? Once Upon a Mattress is also a fairy tale musical. Yeah. Is there another fairy tale musical? There are but none that are like really well known uh there's a production that that played in the uk right before covid happened so it never gained a lot of traction but i'm intrigued by it it's called hex and it is uh sleeping beauty but it's pulling fascinatingly from the perot version of sleeping beauty okay which if you're not familiar is exactly the Sleeping Beauty story that you know. Except? And then the prince wakes Sleeping Beauty, takes her back to his kingdom, where his stepmother, who is an ogress, decides to eat Sleeping Beauty and the prince's children and frame Sleeping Beauty for their deaths and burn her twist. at the stake. Oop, there it is. So it's about Sleeping Beauty? It, it it pulls a little bit from that because I was first made aware of this again on TikTok by somebody saying, you know, it's supposed to be Sleeping Beauty, but it goes completely off the rails with this like ogre side plot. And I was able to comment and go, actually, <laughs> that's not as off the rails as you think. I mean, it is. It's a bizarre ending for this story. Like it's bizarre. It's two fairy tales mashed into one. Like one fairy tale wasn't yes. enough for Charles Perrault. Uh But that storyline at least is is pulling directly from the Perot version of the fairy tale but there aren't people don't do they do cinderella over and over and over again and there's so many other fairy tales out there and and then there's disney the the disney uh movie musicals 
that have transferred to Broadway. So like Little Mermaid and, and Beauty and the Beast. Well, there is one very specific one that I thought you were transitioning to and that you're not, so I'm going to do it. Shrek's back. Oh, yeah. Shrek is back. I was saying that when you said you didn't have a good transition into oh, talking okay. about yeah, yeah, your yeah. transition, yeah. Even, we were just Transition. talking about it very time. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also wanted, I wanted to talk about Andy. Well, okay, that's fair. And now I want to talk about Mike Myers. So Shrek is a thing. Shrek is a thing. Shrek is, listen, it is... It is just a delight, and I never want to do it again. Here's what I have said many times about Shrek. So if you know me in real life, you're already saying this along with me, and you're like, Cassie, we know. Stop mentioning it. But you might be listening to this podcast, and you don't know me in real life, so you've never heard me say it before. What I like about Shrek the musical, I love deeply. Mm-hmm. What I don't like about Shrek the Musical, I hate passionately. There is no middle ground there to is this no show middle at all. No, there's like 45 minutes of this show that could just disappear and I'd be fine and, with it. And all of them have to do with Pinocchio. Yeah, yes, 100%. An all new version of Shrek the Musical with a revised score and book by Tony winners Janine Tesori and David Lindsay Bear will launch a national tour in February. And I'm fascinated to see what they do with this. And I swear to God, if they touch who I'd be, I will drop who kick I'd them be into a lake. Is incredible. It's the who I'd be is the best song in, in the show, which is saying something. It's the best song in the show. It's the best act one closer I've ever seen in a musical. It's so, so good. It's a solo and it's heartfelt, and then it turns into a trio, and then you get the green effect and you get the moon and you get everything it's just it and mm, it does it does my favorite thing which is you have characters singing independent melody lines and then they sing them all on top of each other and they all meld together it's not singing the same lyrics with harmony but singing like different singing over top and singing their thoughts over each other and and when it's done well it's my absolute favorite thing and shrek does it three times because shrek does it in who i'd be and shrek does it in i think i've got you beat and in the yep. travel song. And the travel song, yeah. So don't touch who I'd be. Don't touch build a wall. Because that's the second best song in the show. That's the second best song in the show. Like, there are things that I would definitely change about Shrek. But, like, I'm terrified that they're going to change the parts that are actually good. I'm interested to see what a new version of Shrek looks like. Because it's already been a movie, so we know what Shrek looks like. Right. And not just Shrek the character. We know what these all of these characters look like. We know what Farquaad looks like. We know what the castle looks like. We know what the dragon looks like. We know what these sets look like. Like, you can't change but so much. It's like if Disney remounts Beauty and the Beast. Spoiler, they're going to remount Beauty and the Beast. They pulled the rights for everyone. Beauty and the Beast is coming. But they're going to remount Beauty and the Beast... It's got to look a certain way or it's not Beauty and the Beast anymore. I have thoughts about this and I've expressed them in my my fairy tale podcast um, yeah. about what I want to see from a, a production of Beauty and the Beast in terms of, of making things look a little different and feel a little different. But that's a conversation for another time. That's another conversation, another conversation for another day. But Shrek's going on tour, uh, 40 cities 
Dallas, New Orleans, Atlanta, Denver, Toronto, and Detroit. Cassie, are we going to go see we Shrek? We might have in to Detroit? go see Shrek the tour. We in might Detroit. have to go see Shrek to give in you a Detroit. full accounting for the podcast. For the podca- podcast, we can sell Chase on on using podcast. Yeah, Patreon we'll expense money. it. We'll expense yeah. it for sure. In a, Take the in company a surprising card. plot twist, they're going back to the picture book Shrek. Interesting. By William DeSoto, which is where the movie came from. It came from this bizarre picture mm. book that bears no resemblance to any storyline in the movie. There's an ogre <laughs> named Shrek. That is yes. the extent of the similarities. Yes, and they changed everything so that they didn't have to give credit. That movie came out in 2001. It sure did. And the original Broadway production was 2008. It sure which you was. can watch on Netflix, probably. I think it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, um, and it's on Broadway HD. It just got added it's worth, there. It is worth watching. If you've never watched or listened to Shrek, it's worth it. Listen, Brian Darcy James. You got to do it. Brian Darcy James phenomenal. is so good, and it, it's Sutton. Like, and it's Sutton, yeah. It, it's so good. It's great. I rewatched uh, the new West Side Story again the other night mm-hmm. because uh, – well, because I went and saw Ballad of Songbird and Snakes, and Rachel Zegler is... I need to see that movie. She's my favorite. She's so good. Ballad of Songbird... Sorry, this is what this is about now. Uh, Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. I, have, I had not read the book, so I went in kind of blind and went, okay, it'll be a fun Hunger Games prequel. This is a film. Like, it is high quality. It is well-told story. It, it works really well. But more than anything, like all of these actors show up. They put in the work and it should not be anywhere near as good as it is. But I was riveted. Like they picked up Jennifer Lawrence's torch and carried it over the finish line. Like and Rachel Zegler sings a lot and has a like an Appalachian mm-hmm. twang mm-hmm. to it all. And she's incredible. Uh, Peter Dinklage is in this thing. Yes, like, I'm very excited to see Peter Dinklage and Viola Davis in their roles. Oh my gosh, Viola Davis! Like you know, it's Viola Davis, but at some point you forget that's Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Like, so good, and the makeup job they do to her. Yeah. No, go I go see this film. Desperately want to see this movie, but seeing movies is more complicated with baby. Yeah, sure is, sure, sure is. But I was saying that because I watched that, and then my sister had not seen the new West Side, so I was talking about Rachel Zegler singing her praises as you should, because she's incredible. Uh, watched West Side Story, the new one. Love, still love it. Still great, 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 great adaptation of it. Uh, Brian Darcy James is Officer Krupke in that. I had forgotten that. I forgot about it too until he showed up, and I went, "Oh my gosh, I forgot this is so good." I love Brian Darcy James. He can do whatever he wants. He is so 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 talented. Speaking of adapted animations. Yes. Streaming on the internet. Spirited Away, live on stage, coming to HBO Max in December. See, I saw there was an article that was like streaming for theater lovers. And it said Spirited Away coming to HBO Max. But nowhere in the article did it specify if it was the stage musical or if it was just the Studio Ghibli movie. Yeah, that's fair. And I was like, I'm more interested in if. It's the musical. It is the uh, stage version, the theatrical adaptation, as it calls it, uh, which is performed in Japanese with English subtitles. 
There also have been uh, photos released from the production of My Neighbor Totoro. Mm -hmm. And listen, these people all have it right. If you're putting Studio Ghibli on stage, you're using puppets. Just do it, yeah. And then give me a Tony puppetry category. Yes, we have enough money, we can do puppets. I do not have a transition here. I don't either. And the only topic I have left to talk about is that the Kennedy Center honors were given out. And Billy Crystal got a Kennedy Center honor. That's great. From the president. I assumed he'd already gotten one. (laughs) Maybe he did. Honestly, He's been around a while. Along with Billy Crystal, honors were given to Queen Latifah. Renee Fleming, Barry Gibb, and Dionne Warwick. So a pretty good go. lineup. Pretty good lineup. Who performed? There was a musical that went down and performed, right? Um, performances it was Hades from Town. Ben Platt, Ariana DeBose, and Missy Elliott is what the headline says. I think Hades Town went and performed at the White House for something. I think I remember seeing that. That makes sense. It kind of does, doesn't it? It kind of fits. Yeah. Like, it's no Hamilton going to the White House. Like, that fit too well. Right. Chris Jackson singing uh, One Last Time to Barack Obama was <laughs> weird and beautiful. Yes. Correct. You know what else is weird and beautiful? What else? I found my transition. What else is weird and beautiful, Ryan? Eddie Izzard will return to the Greenwich House Theater off-Broadway this winter in a new solo adaptation which will run January 25th through March 3rd, opens February 11th. Any uh, guesses what uh, the Izzard is tackling this time? Solo adaptation? Yep. Izzard has already done Great Expectations. As a solo performance. As a solo performance. Is it another classic? It is another classic. Is it Don Quixote? No, but that is a great guess, and I kind of wish it was. Is it another Dickens? It is not Dickens. It is not Dickens. Is he doing The Great Gatsby, the third theatrical production (laughs) of A Great Gatsby? Third theatrical. Well, maybe one of them would be right. Like, maybe one of them would figure it out. No, it is not Gatsby. It is, in fact, Hamlet. Okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate it. I don't know what this looks like, but I don't hate it. Uh, Here's the entire description. In Hamlet, the king of Denmark is dead. Correct. And Prince Hamlet is determined to take revenge, initiating a cascade of events that will destroy both family and state. Izzard will be portraying men, women, ghosts, scholars, tyrants, courtiers, lovers, fools, and poets. That's it. That's the entire description. I mean, that basically sums it up. Yep, it's yeah. We'll see how this goes. There's a lot more to say about Hamlet. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the same design team, writing team, directing team that did the Great Expectations with Izzard. So, I guess that's kind of cool. Um, that's really all there is to say about that. But yeah, Eddie Izzard will bring Hamlet to off Broadway. Good for you, Eddie Izzard. Live in their best life. Absolutely. You know who else is living their best life? Who? So I cast an 11-year-old girl 
who is about four foot six and eighty pounds soaking wet to play big Julian Geisendahls. You had mentioned this. It is the funniest thing I have ever seen. It would almost have to be. Especially because um, she keeps trying to drop her voice. Oh. Uh, and it is not working. No. But it is hilarious. Yes. So I'm probably keeping it because that's how youth theater works. When I was in uh, Annie Warbucks, when I was nine, yeah. my older the brother, times. the Dark Times, my older brother was also in it. He was doing math 12 13 something i think he just turned 13 mm-hmm. and he was cast as roosevelt sure so he got to sit in a chair he, had, he got to sit in a chair the whole show yeah and his voice had not changed Oops. Uh, but he was trying to convince everybody that it had <laughs> so i can hear i can hear exactly what this sounds like right it's pretty good yeah, the casting for a junior or a youth theater or whatever, like it's always interesting. But there's just been a couple of interesting things this time around. Like I've got, uh, I've, I've mentioned it before, I've got a uh, girl playing Sky, um, who ha- she has a naturally lower vocal range to her, so it works out. Um, the most interesting thing that I have, the most interesting challenge has been trying to get Gen Z to understand a golden age musical. Okay. Because this is not how stories are told anymore. This is not how music is written anymore. Call and response is certainly not a thing anymore. Ooh, yeah. The idea of the mission band and like a missionary to New York City is like what? It might as well be a fantasy story to them. It's it's insane. They don't understand it at all and it's hilarious to me. Yeah. Because this thing's from 1950. Yeah. And it is uh, one of those things that I did not run into 11 years ago because, I mean, at that point, it was still, you know, like a 60-year-old musical, but it was a different generation of students Mm -hmm. who didn't have phones and didn't have TikTok and didn't have all this stuff and were not nearly as connected and tuned into the present-day world, and they had seen more older stuff. This current generation is like they haven't seen anything that's older than five or ten years unless it's their dad's favorite thing ever. Right. Pros and cons to everything. Like there's all the terminology, like there's all the gambling terminology and all of that stuff, and it's the Runyon world. So it's all this – it's a very two-dimensional at points, and the accents are very specific, and the um, the way some of the sentences are constructed doesn't make sense, and it's all very specific, and it is – uh, interesting. We have decided that Harry the Horse is just uh, fantastically gay. Yeah. And it's just hitting on Benny the whole time. That tracks. Yeah. It's definitely not in the script and we're just going to run with it. But is it not not in the script? It's not not in the script. And it's a junior version so there is a lot left to the imagination in a junior version. Yeah. Because there's only so much time. Listen, the mentality behind... Godspell with the group of kids that I directed it with was how do we make this as gay as possible? I mean, yeah. And it, it worked very well. There you go. High concept. Listen, youth community theater is already just constantly playing with the fluidity of gender. Yep. Because there's never enough. 
There's never enough guys. None of the guys that are there, they can't sing well enough, or their voices haven't changed, or whatever. Why wouldn't you have the 12 girls who really want to do this play the parts that they want to and can play? Why not? Yeah. It's fun. And maybe somebody learned something. Yeah, youth theater, Shakespeare, like... I grew up in this environment of anybody can play any gender, and I think there's something beautiful in that. There is. There really is. We'll see if I get pushback letters. Letters. <laughs> yeah, letters. Letters from concerned citizens. Mm-hmm. I suppose we'll see. I don't know. It is 2023, but it's also only 2023. Yeah. I think we have come to the natural end of the show. I agree. Thanks for joining us for this episode. You can find us on X at By the Ghostlight Pod. I hate that. I do too. And we are also part of the Ghostlight Media Network. Uh, and we would love it if you would tell us on the Patreon what the last musical you listened to was. Or better yet, actually, tell, go on the Patreon. Tell us what musical dominated your Spotify wrapped this year. Which one was it? I want to know. Mine was Anne Juliet, but that's not surprising. I don't listen to music on Spotify, so I don't get Spotify wrapped. Because uh, I listen to all my music on YouTube music. That is probably better for the artist. Well, maybe not. It might not be. Who knows? Our next episode, <laughs> as we said last time, is coming out on Christmas Day. And so, of course, we are giving you a gift. The gift of spirit christmas spirit as portrayed by ryan reynolds and will ferrell i'm so excited to watch this film again i love this movie so much it's so good spirited is on apple tv you gotta watch it it's great gotta watch it and we will report back again i think this might just be our new christmas tradition i want to make so many people watch this movie this year it's so good i was thinking about christmas movies as the other day as we turned one on for the kids I was like, what do I have to watch? I have to watch Muppets Christmas Carol. And I have to watch Spirited. And I think that's the list. Muppet Christmas Carol, Spirited, and Eloise at Christmas time. This is true. We still do need to do our Eloise at Christmas time episode. Yeah. Those are my three. This is true. Well, there was also a uh, suggestion from uh, your husband mm-hmm. about something that uh, the network could do. And I think it's a great idea for Patreon content, and that is to have people draw names from a hat for the character they're going to play and then do a uh, read-through of the Muppet Christmas Carol with voices. You got that off TikTok, and I am Uh here for it. Absolutely. Name the time and place, and I would do that. I don't know if that can go in this episode or not, but we're going to see if it makes the cut. Listen, do you want to have fun with these shenanigans? Join the Patreon. I think that's all for us for this week. Thanks so much for listening along. My name is Ryan. My name is Cassie. And join us next time by the Ghost Light. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.